0: There's a lot of behavior right now that is freaking investors out. Let's just put it that way. I mean, whether it's just the absolute irregularities that's happening in the market right now, where that's GameStop just exploding in value, the S&P 500 having essentially 5 to 10% dips every two to th- three months right now, just boom, just like that. Everyone is trading on margin. A lot of retailers are trading on options. Asset prices and stock prices not really caring about their intrinsic value. Stocks just going up and up and up and up. And the Fed just continually just pressing that money printer. A lot of it is scaring traditional investors. And they're scratching their heads and not understanding what's realistically going on. And real fears right now are in the market where people want to know, is inflation coming? I mean, inflation almost sounds like the boogeyman, that creepy Sasquatch looking figure hiding in the bushes through this whole thing. I mean, normally we see economies crash during recessions, but with the Federal Reserve doing their economic analysis, they have deduced that by printing money, they want to see inflation really happen in the marketplace. And inflation just essentially is the concept that the more money in the economy, the more prices go up. Those prices specifically being like food, gas, those prices that it really hinders your actual living. We've all seen those famous pictures of people in Zimbabwe carrying wheelbarrows full of cash as their dollar went from $1, $2 to over $10 trillion just to buy a loaf of bread. Overnight, bank accounts are wiped out instantly because of uncontrollable inflation. And realistically, those fears is what's making people question the actual continued strength of the U.S. dollar and U.S. economy. But the question still remains, will we see massive inflation in the United States. I'd like to argue that we've already have. Hi, this is Fly Stewart. You're listening to the Uneducated Investor Podcast, the podcast where we connect investing to pop culture. If you love the show, please make sure to download the last five episodes. Just put it as one of your favorite podcasts on Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere you listen to the podcast. And let's get better at investing together in the last couple of decades really we've seen inflation hit a lot of different places and you know when we talk about inflation we always are talking about you know consumer inflation specifically where does it affect in the consumer world however that's not where we're seeing inflation. We're seeing it not in our food prices, but just look at our tuition prices. Look at the price of a degree and how it's inflated in the States. Look at the price of healthcare and how massively it's been going up for certain medicines, certain procedures. And, of course, look at housing prices over the past years and how it's massively gone up. We're seeing inflation hit our stock markets. We're seeing it hit our asset prices. And right now, with stocks going up and up and up, one can say, well, these companies are all getting more value, but there is an inherent argument to be said, as money is flowing into stocks, how stocks are actually the ones that are getting hit by inflation. And interestingly enough, when you think about what inflation really, really, really means, what does inflation really mean? It means a lack of faith in the dollar. You see, what would really cause food inflation is if people think the dollar is going to be useless, people think that they won't be able to spend $10 tomorrow, people think that there's a better place to put their currency, so what do they do? The minute they get their paycheck, they spend all of it and buy as much food items as possible, or they spend all of it and they sell their US dollars and buy euros because they think the euro is stable, but now US dollars isn't going to be that valuable tomorrow. Once we start seeing behavior like that, now that is what causes an insane amount of inflation. But what consumer behavior are we really seeing? People are taking their money and putting in their banking account. They're paying off their debts. Matter of fact, a lot of people, you know, especially people who have serious amounts of money, they're borrowing more US dollars. They can't get enough. With interest rates as low as they are, they're like, oh, let, sweet, let me borrow much more money. And they're putting it in the stock market and they're buying houses. You see, they're buying assets with their money. And actually, when you look at what's really going on with consumer price inflation or the consumer price index, The real thing that's making it so that, you know, inflation is not happening is there's a lot of protections on actually raising the price of consumer goods. It's a very well insulated market. You remember when quarantine first hit and store shelves were being wiped and everyone was buying as much food as possible? Yes, we live in an economy where there's enough money around where... If enough people wanted to, you could clear out every grocery store for a long, long time. And there was moments where people were taking as much money as they could, and they were just wiping out all of the cleaning products, like hand sanitizers, toilet paper, all of these sanitary items, cleaning wipes, a PPP like masks. They were just buying as much as they could so they can then go ahead and sell it at a higher price. And really understand something, if this was not scrutinized by the government and actually made illegal as price gouging, if it was legal for stores to actually raise their prices on food or raise their prices on PPP as demand goes up, oh boy, we would 100% see inflation if that was the case. Like If Walmart tomorrow could say, sorry, toilet paper's $1,000 a roll. If you can't afford it, then you're out of luck, no no pun intended. If just the next day, everyone, instead of buying Tesla shares, they just went to their local stores and bought all of the hand sanitizer or all of the masks that people needed. If you were just allowed to do that and sell it to people at a higher price as the market demanded it, inflation would be out of control. Hands down, for sure, guaranteed out of control. But because we have actual places within our economy, money, especially all the money that's in the economy, hasn't been allowed to truly flow there and cause those prices to jump astronomically. We'll see the you know the price of a Big Mac go up a bit. We'll see the price of a McDouble go up a bit, but you're not going to go to the grocery store and see eggs cost $20 because we have actual controls there and we're not going to go to your convenience store and see one mask cost $50 to $100 because we have actual controls there. So when it comes to the idea of hyperinflation, specifically in the area of the US dollar where people can't get enough of US assets, people need American dollars to buy American companies because of that, we may be living in a world where yes, you can keep interest rates low and it won't drive an insane amount of inflation as people just can't get enough of having US dollars and you know, there was some worries happening in the market that caused it to go down a bit where, it, at one point, it didn't look like the government was buying enough bonds because, you know, short, I guess, finance lesson. People buy bonds because they think they can get a high interest rate for holding them. You know, people are, they think people are going to buy them in the future, right? The reason people buy bonds is because of the interest rate they pay. And when people aren't buying bonds, then the interest rate goes back up and if the interest rate goes back up that goes against the actual federal reserve target for those interest rates but realistically the way the government actually puts money in the economy is they just buy up all these bonds they print enough money to buy the bonds that no one wants buy these long-term bonds that pay like two percent one percent pay these ridiculously low interest rates that you'll make like no money on the government's cool, holding all these long-term bonds that are essentially going to make no money, little to no money. And because, you know, you're, you know, a company, um, you know, who I guess, historically wouldn't really want to trust these bonds because you think, you know, you're not going to get that return. Well, if the government's buying all these bonds, then of course, you know, that if you buy a bond, the government's essentially going to buy it off you or whatever. Interest rates won't ever go up if the government doesn't want them to go up. They have enough money to print where they can keep buying bonds and they can force the interest rates low for a long time. And right now, it seems in the economy, that is the intended thing to do. Like They want to see a low interest rate environment for a long time. And with all this historic money, In the economy, and these controls set in place where you can't just go out and buy all the food. I mean, sure, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people could do that, but even if they do, the people who are selling the food can't just raise it. Amazon just can't raise a loaf of bread to a hundred or a thousand dollars next week if they wanted to. And because of that, I definitely don't think we're going to see hyperinflation in food prices. But we might see hyperinflation in stock prices. And as always, the best most priced investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor they never stop learning. One of the things that I always think to myself, and you know, I'm really glad that I took economics in school, is that people really talk about how PE ratios are out of whack and how these companies are valued way higher than their intrinsic value. But no one really talks about the concept of opportunity cost. And that's what is missing in this conversation of valuation of these companies. You see, if the interest rates were 5%, then okay, there's, you know, it costs you, you know, you can go buy a bond and probably get a 5% return. But interest rates are like half a percent in the States, 1% in the States. That's like the lowest interest rate, Um, you know, that's the lowest rate that you can borrow money for or lend your money for. And if that's the case, if you can borrow money at half a percent, you literally have more than five times the money that you can borrow than if interest rates were at 5%. So with all these massive organizations able to borrow so much more money What is the opportunity cost of them putting their money that's somewhere not in the stock market? I'm going to dive into this concept in another podcast, but we, flight crew, have to take off.